wanted. Not so gentlemen and women of the adventurous persuasion to participate in an auction unlike any ye might have seen before. The prize, a red-headed beauty whose stalwart reliability is matched only by her storied past to partner with upon the cloud sea for many a fine year to come. Successful bidders must come prepared to bear their soul in proof of their devotion to their new cloudmate. A willingness to view laws as more a set of guidelines as opposed to actual rules is highly encouraged. The weak-stomached, the mind-addled, and those incapable of appreciating the finer things in life need not attend. Hello, armchair adventurers, and welcome to Red Desert Roleplay, an actual play podcast where friends from across Wyoming collaborate on an epic interactive story. I'm your game master, Aaron Volner. You can find out more about me in the books I write at AaronVolner.com. Don't forget you can also find out more about Red Desert Roleplay itself and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, I've got a little disclaimer for you. If you're a parent of children under the age of 16, please use discretion when listening to our show, as it is intended for adults and older teens. When we last left off mid-session, the party had just recovered the stolen remains of Chip's cousin and put a stop to a criminal racket unwittingly started by Fausta's university classmate. After the party was introduced to Professor Everick, and given the details of their mission, one vital task must soon be undertaken to find a skyworthy ship. Let's dive right in. You guys make it back to Docking Bay 3, and Chip's family is sifting through the uh, wrecked part of the ship there, salvaging what they can. And um, Chip, one of your cousins there sees you and says, "Oh, Oh, you got it back! Oh, oh, Chip, I don't know how you did it, but, but thank you. I, I don't know what I, what I would have done if we'd lost my brother's remains. Yes, by the great, the great god Thessaline, who aided us in battle, uh, was able to retrieve this, this, this salvation urn. How bad is the boat damaged? So he kind of uh, chews on his bottom lip and looks down and he says, I'm not going to lie to you, Chip. It's not looking good. Even with all of us working together, it'll probably take a good month to fix this damage. Why is it going to take you a month? Just to repair, rebuild? Do you, what, what do you need? Is it just the damage? That's going to take a while to repair. Um, is it, you know, collecting collecting the materials to repair it? What is going to take so long? Well, it's a combination of all of those things. You know, it'll take us a bit to get the right materials, as we'll have to wait for another clipper ship to come in to have wood of the right size. And then we'll have to shape it and and reaffix it in place, and, and of course, that's after we get all of the uh, damaged wood chipped out. I mean, we, we shouldn't be affixing fresh boards to uh, 
fire-damaged ones, after all. Yes, that makes sense. Well, um, Chip, I'm afraid that we don't have a month to wait. No, you're you're absolutely right. We don't. So does Tulin think he can speed that timeline up significantly? I don't know, Tulin, do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, he would have to do a more thorough inspection. So, yes, we will do that. All right. Yes, if you would be so kind as to show me the damage, I would love to take a look. I will see what I can do. Thank you, my good friend Tulin. And I go ahead and wave my hand and call over some of my relatives to to take Tulin to some of the more damaged parts of the ship. Let's see. So, uh, Tulin, go ahead and give me a... Let's see, did you... You took, I can't remember now off the top of my head if it's called mechanics or engineering or exactly what it's called. I did take engineer. Okay, so go ahead and give me an engineering roll. Uh, let's see, I made it by five. Okay, so as Chip's relatives are showing you the ship, um, you start to get a little disheartened because their their timeline is a bit generous um the fire has weakened some pretty necessary portions of the overall structure and uh, you're thinking a, a month might be um might be looking at it with rose tinted glasses as it were <laughs> well this is unfortunate all right i will uh, head back to the rest and uh, inform them of the unhappy news like, well, the good news is that Chip's ship is certainly repairable. It's not a complete loss. Unfortunately, it's going to take at minimum a month to repair. So we're going to have to find another ride for our mission. You, you know, I might be able to find us a solution here. And just to the GM... Has the um, Hearth Fleet left port yet? They have not. All right. So Wilhelm's just going to say, well, you know, the, the crew that I was able to uh, acquire for us, I might be able to see if their patrons might be able to lease us a ship until repairs on ships can be completed. And I mean... We're we're talking the most well known nomads on the on the cloud seas here, so we know their their ships can do the job, and so can their crew. So maybe we should go have a talk with them and see see what we might be able to work out with them. I think that's a great idea. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, that's the plan then. All right. So, you guys seek out the hearth fleet where it is docked, and this particular hearth fleet probably has about a dozen or so ships that make it up. And Wilhelm, you spot the Havarg uh, matriarch there on one of the piers, and she's sort of guiding the uh, bringing on and taking off of cargo. You know, they're taking on supplies and bringing 
sold stock off the ship and, and different things. And she, uh, she spots you and recognizes you and waves and says, ah, ah, my good friend from the negotiations yesterday. It is fine to see you again. An honor to meet with you again. So, um, I won't waste too much more of your time, so I'll get right down to business. Um, here's the deal. We found a, a potential ship and, and, um, mission for your third mate pilgrimage folks here. Um, unfortunately, our friend here was robbed and his ship set aflame. And it looks like the repairs are going to put the ship out at least a month. So I come with, um, I come to see if we might be able to work out a deal here. So we need a ship because we are going to um, go on an expedition to investigate something. Um, and we need a great crew to also pilot that ship. So how would you feel about potentially leasing out one of your ships to us until repairs on um, our ship can be completed. And the matriarch, um, she sort of leans back on her heels and seems to be giving this a lot of thought. And she looks, uh, looks down at you and she says, hmm, as much as I would like to help you with this, I'm afraid our... Numbers are quite high at the moment. Leasing out one of our ships would make us dangerously overcrowded on the others. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I understand. Although, her eyes seem to light up here. She says, I do seem to recall there was a rumor about the pier that uh, someone was looking for uh, a new owner for their ship. Uh, it was a rather strange... It stuck in my mind. It was a rather strange scenario. There was a uh, man, he was having an an auction of some kind, I suppose, at uh, an establishment called the Honeyed Griffin. Hmm. I've, I've been to the Honeyed Griffin before. Have I been to the Honeyed Griffin before? <laughs> we'll say that, yes, you've been to the Honeyed All Griffin right. before. <laughs> okay, um... Well, this is excellent news. That's uh, better than I could have hoped for, to be honest. Um, I do, I do appreciate everything. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I'm trying to think of something in return. Um, what direction? Hmm. Hmm. No, that wouldn't help. I'm trying to think of uh, some information to to give in return as kind of that that courtesy with them. Um, Shit, I got nothing. Can I roll for something? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what can I roll, I guess? Uh, uh, go ahead and give me an IQ roll. Okay. Give, her, give it an IQ roll. Son of a bitch. I missed that by one. So um, I, I apologize and I say, I, I truly hate to come empty-handed to you after you've... Uh, given me such a, a great lead on help that I'm sure is going to help us in our expedition. Um, hopefully we cross paths again and I can return this favor twofold. She uh, gives a slight bow and she says, I am certain you will. 
All right. I bow back and um, I grab the crew and say, hey, let's let's get to a ship auction, huh? Yes. All right. So as you guys are um, leaving the pier there, you run across Vagnera, who comes up to you. And we're going to say it's getting um, into the afternoon now. And Vagnera walks up and he says, Miss Fausta, I assumed that you would probably come to the dark snack test after speaking with Professor Eberick. The authorities have taken control of the situation at the university. I did explain everything that went on, and I do believe, considering the circumstances, that they will choose to be lenient on Miss Hallowhorn. Although, I am certain that she will be spending some time behind bars. Mm. That's unfortunate. Um, is there anything I can do to make that a less harsh, to, to lessen the blow of that punishment? Hmm. Were we back home in the Aurai nation, I am certain that you might be able to insert some influence, but I doubt that you would be able to have much here, Miss Fausto. Well, yes, that makes sense. Um, well, thank you for the update, Vagnera. Appreciate it. We've got a lot to do today. Um, I need to get a hold of my family back home and... I imagine that Fausto probably has, like, access to some sort of bank account money since she's pretty much on her on her own right now. Um, right? Uh, yeah, she would have access to, uh, to some kind of funds for whatever expenses she runs into at school. Okay, well, we're going to make chips ship like a school expense. So, um, Vagnera, I need you to... See how much money they estimate is going to cost to re get this ship repaired. And we're paying for that along with the funeral costs. And uh, if you don't mind, we are going to a ship auction. I'll have you join me for that. Does that sound good? So Vagnera uh, raises one eyebrow and he says, With these kind of expenses, your parents are going to think your shenanigans are nearly as intense as those of your brother, Miss Fausta. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize that Julianus had such extravagant shenanigans. Oh, yes. According to your mother, he was quite the bundle of feathers in his day. <laughs> well, then they at least should be expecting it. Indeed, Miss Fausta. I think she's going to give Wilhelm a pointed look and she's going to go, that reminds me of a conversation I overheard last night, and I would like to speak with you about it later. And he just kind of scrunches his brow and says, okay, um, what conversation? Well, it seems like you knew my brother beforehand. It sounds like you helped him acquire his shop here. <clears throat> and, ah, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, sure, we can we can talk about that. I, I don't know what's so interesting about uh, <laughs> just some standard real estate uh, purchasing methods. Hey, uh, we, we don't have much time to mess around. We need to get to that auction. 
<laughs> and he starts just moving forward. <laughs> uh, Faust is going to give Vagnera a pointed look. Does this have anything to do with uh, Julianus's shenanigans? I'm afraid you would have to ask him, Miss Fausta. Very well. Let's go to the auction. All right. So Wilhelm leads you guys to the honeyed griffin. And um, there's a picture on the sign outside the honeyed griffin of this uh, griffin who's got like a big beehive and it's got like this big smile on its face as it's like chowing down on the honey from this beehive uh, <laughs> on the outside. And uh, you walk in. So Wilhelm, you've been here before. Um, like, what's your usual spot in this place look like? Mm, um, so I imagine Wilhelm tries to kind of stay to kind of the, the edges of the room because he's uh, seen a lot of his co-workers at the dock get pretty rowdy here and he likes to avoid getting mixed up accidentally in any fights here. So if something breaks out, he can be like, well, I'm going to leave the premises now. Um, so, so yeah, I imagine he takes, takes a seat that's near like the edge of the room um, near the doors that they come in. That's usually where he would go after, of course, like going and getting a drink or something. All right. So as you guys kind of go in and take a seat there at uh, Wilhelm's usual spot, you notice that there is a rather extravagantly dressed Twilight Elf who's sort of like uh, cleared a bunch of space in the middle of the bar there. And he's, uh, except for one table, and he's kind of standing up on top of the table and he's walking a circuit around its edge. And he's uh, gathered all of these folks around him. And uh, he's got, he's wearing like a bright red floor length coat and like bright red boots. And he's got a, uh, a saber with a, like a deep, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a dark colored red. Anyway, it's like a dark red. Crimson. Crimson, there we go. Like a um, crimson-handled saber at his hip. And uh, he's kind of swaggering around on top of this table. He says, oh, uh, I see that we've got a lot of interest here. Ah, yes. Ah, you folks over there. I take it you're interested in me ship, are you? I can't imagine why anyone else would come here today. After all, it's the bargain of the century. And uh, I'm I'm gonna walk up and go. Uh, we do happen to be interested in the ship. What makes this ship such a bargain? Ah, uh, well, now's as good a time to get started as any, I suppose. No, ye all know me. Or at least uh, most of you do. <laughs> ah, yes. The name of Captain Salare rings fear into the hearts of many a race across the sky, it does. And for those that it doesn't ring fear into, it rings fond memories of companionship, it does. 
I've been pirating these skies for many a long year I have, and now that I've found me heart's true flame, and I've decided to retire from the life, I've realized that my ship is worth more than just gold. You see, the real value of a pirate ship is not what it brings to him, no, no, no. It's the legacy that it leaves. What a pirate ship is really worth is the story. And I'll tell you this much. The Scarlet Keelan shall have its story continue beyond me. And that is why that this particular auction is not gold or jewels or treasure that you'll be bidden with. Oh, no, tis not. Tis not indeed. No, what I want to know is that the new owner of my ship has real fire in the belly. So I want to hear your greatest story. I want to know what your finest exploits are. And the one who impresses me the most takes me ship for their own. Are you with me, me hearties? And so a bunch of people are cheering and you see a couple of people in the crowd who are rolling their eyes and like, oh my gosh, you know, like they're obviously hoping to just buy the ship. <clears throat> hmm. Oh, Wilhelm, have you heard of this ship or this captain? I, I am curious if I've heard of this captain, um, because I'm pretty sure that the captain and I haven't boned, so I don't fit into the latter category of those who don't fear him. Um, so do I fear him, or is he full of shit? <laughs> so, or have we been companions? I don't know how drunk we're home yet. yet. So you have... You have heard mention of Captain Solare, and uh, he's known for being a bit eccentric, as pirates go. Um, he definitely has a flair for the dramatic, and he, um, but he is known also for being one of the one of the less bloodthirsty pirates in the sky. I mean, not that I mean he'll definitely you know, make people do the Verilon equivalent of walking the plank and taking prisoners for ransom and all of those good piratey things. But, you know, he's less likely to just cut people's hands off for fun and other things that pirates might do. Okay. All right. So, so, uh, Wilhelm's gonna go back to the table to the, to the party and just go, anybody got any, uh, good adventuring stories or, is anybody good enough to bullshit him? I did visit a whorehouse one time. <laughs> I sat a man in the face this morning. Compelling. Yeah. I'm super excited. I'd love to hear some stories, but I have no idea. And and, and Wilhelm thinks and just just goes, wait a minute. You're you're a clipper. Yeah, you've come closer to seeing the surface than literally anybody in this room. Unless there's some clippers in here I don't know about. I mean, surely even even one of your more mundane stories would be fairly impressive. That's if you're willing to share. Yeah, you you are correct. Uh, but I do you do you think that 
that that's the kind of stories he's looking for? Only one way to find out. And Wilhelm's trying to think of, uh, well, I want to say Wilhelm's trying to think of stories because he's, you know, he's, he's been out and stuff, but there's one story that he doesn't really want to talk about. And so he's really reluctant to get up there and, and talk about any. Faust is willing to talk about the whorehouse, but nothing that's like too close to the heart. <laughs> Excuse me, Captain. Captain Solari. The girl in the back there. Is there a place that we can see this ship? I would hate to waste a perfectly good story on a so-so ship. <laughs> Are you Cullen, the Scarlet Keelan, a so-so ship? Well, I apologize. I mean no disrespect, but as you can tell, I am not from around here. Ye certainly aren't. Toss the scroll out, laddies! You see a uh, couple of humans, like, cracking their knuckles and heading over to the table there. They've got their eyes on Tulin. You seem very defensive. Wilhelm's gonna stand up and say, Hey, hey, whoa, just, uh... He's young, and he's genuinely curious about literally everything. I have never heard of the Scarlet Keelan before, because I come from a small dwarven community. I have never heard of the Scarlet Keelan. Oh, that's where your question's coming from. Uh, I suppose you can be forgiven, then. Uh, go get yourselves a drink, lads. Uh, he's, he's all right. He can stay. Arr. I mean, the sip certainly sounds legendary. Legendary doesn't even begin to describe her, my friend. I personally would be awed at seeing such a legendary vessel. I and Siri shall, if you win me auction. <laughs> um, excuse me, Captain. Hello. Aye, the Auray lass. Um, yes, what kind of story are you looking for? Uh, uh. Now, a good captain never tips his hand, does he? <laughs> Fausta leans over to Wilhelm and goes, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I'm honestly not sure either. I think it just means he's not going to give you any clues. I think it means that if he turns his hand, he will spill his beer. And so he's very careful to keep his hand upright. Mm -hmm. You know what, Tulin? I think you're right. I, Good job. <laughs> well, nobody's asking you to spill your drink. <laughs> uh, speaking of spilling me drink, I need one. Bring me some rum, lads. So uh, somebody scurries off to the bar to go get him some rum. And at this point, a... Uh, Let's see. Who are we going to say stands up? We're going to say that a human stands up and he's pretty well into his cups. He says, oh, I'll tell you what, Captain. I'll go story for you. Uh, it's amazing. Arr, well, share it with me then. Share it with all of us, good sir. And the human says, all right. So yesterday... I was walking along, and I realized that I wasn't wearing any shoes. And so, 
I said, where are my shoes? Did I leave them at home? Are they on my hands? Oh, they're not on my hands. Okay. So then I thought, well, maybe I dropped them off the island when I went and pooped off the side of the island earlier. And then and Captain Salai says, oh, this story is terrible. Toss him out, lads. So two of his uh, sailors go over and they grab this guy and there's great fanfare made as they haul him out, dragging his heels and throw him out into the street. And oh, everybody cheers. He says, oh, I was hoping the bar would be set a little higher this early on in the auction. Come bring on the stories. All right, I think uh, I think Wilhelm's gonna actually take a crack at it, and uh, he's gonna come up with a come up with a story during his time with the uh, uh, earlier on in his career with the Hearth Fleet. Um, I imagine there was a time that they probably got into some some trouble. Um, I can't think of any actual details as a player of the game right now, but I imagine he's got some adventure where some hijinks happened or, or something, or he got to show off some of the cool uh, crew stuff that he, you know, he worked with one of the crews that, you know, basically used grappling hook hooks to get everywhere and kind of created a, a little uh, dance and game out of it. And that's his, you know, his, his rope tricks and stuff. And that's how they got around ships. And he actually demonstrated that stuff while, uh, while uh, traveling with the hearth fleet, uh, showing it to them and maybe how they used it to basically get themselves out of a pickle of sorts out there. Like maybe, maybe some slavers tried to to come on board and stuff and that they were able to do some cool stuff and like bind them up and uh, get around ships and everything and just turn the attack on them or something. I don't know, some kind of story like that. So I'm guessing that I'll probably roll for this and I've got carousing and I've also got public speaking as a skill. Hmm. I'm going to let you decide which one of those you want to roll. Like, so it's going to kind of, I think, depend on like what avenue you want to take with it. You know, are you going to try and just appeal to the emotion of the crowd and like carouse everybody? Or are you going to focus on like really um, making the details and the drama distinct or, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm going to let you decide which one you want to roll on this carousing or public speaking. Oh boy. So, Hmm. So the skills aren't all that different from each other in score. Public speaking is my higher skill by one point, but this is an environment where carousing seems like it would be a good one, but they're both also like, like my, my carousing's an 11, so it's not like super high anyway. Um, I feel like that's the right one, but here's, here's what I'm gonna, here's what I'm gonna pitch for you along with carousing. Will I get any benefit if I, uh, 
by the bar around. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to lay some money down. I know. I know how pirates roll. I know how taverns are. I've been in this tavern. I know how much they appreciate getting drinks thrown at them. So, all right. I'm going to roll. Um, what What is this going to do for my roll? Let's see here. Do-do-do. Let's say, and these are pirates who like their spirits. So I'm going to say buying everybody around on this one is going to give you a plus two. Yeah. All right. Got to beat a 13. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, I rolled a 14. So you start out strong and everybody's kind of riveted at first. And then as the story goes on, you can kind of see Captain Solare's uh, interest waning a little bit. And like the last little bit of the story, he kind of waves his hand. He says, all right, folks, that's a story to beat. What else have you got for me? Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to the table and go. Somebody else got something? I'm telling you, Chip, you you talk about just talk about an exciting time going down and doing some some of your clipping. All right. I bet it'll turn some heads. You're you're probably right, Wilhelm. I think I will. So I grab my ale, I stand up, and I say, I have a story about seeing a white stag on the floor of the earth below. And this immediately gets the captain's attention. He says, wait a minute. Are you telling me that you've been to below? My good sir, I do not lie, for I am a hydral, and I am a clipper, and it is my job and my duty to take the forest below and to bring it up to this elevation so that we can harvest the wood and use it for many projects. I do not lie when I say to you, I have been to the earth below many times. I have lost many family members due to this horrible, evil fog that has encompassed our globe. And I am here to tell you that my stories are not fake. Ooh, can I, can I also chime in as a hype man and be like, your ship wouldn't exist without people like him. So this definitely impresses the captain and he, uh, crosses his arms there. You can see his uh, ears sort of perk up a little bit. You know, he's got the long elven ears, so they kind of can move around a little bit. And uh, he says, Oh, methinks this'll be a good one. Tell away, me hearty. Well, good sir. We were off in the north quarter about 30 miles north east of the Oaken Islands. And we dropped below there because the fog, however dense, it seems to be very, very shallow and very low on those peaks. However, the weather, when we get to those areas, 
has been known to change rather rapidly. And on this particular day, as we pulled in towards the mountainous peaks, we had a general good understanding of where uh, we were to harvest some of the forest junipers at the time. And junipers are great trees, but they're a lot lower to the ground in this place. And it is very hard for us to, us clippers to dive down and get through the branches so that we can get to the lower roots below and, and cut these just above the earth floor. On this day, it was rather quiet and rather silent. And we dropped in and there was a small grove. And due to the fact that there was no wind, our airship was able to get very, very low to the ground. And there was just a little bit of sky cover. And as we dropped to the earth below, we spotted off in a clearing a nice little saddle area. And the sun was basically straight ahead of us. So we were to the west as the sun was just cresting the dew of the mountains. And it was shining through the canopy. And we dropped down to the earth below. And we got to see through the clearing on the far side a giant, giant tree. And this tree was traveling towards us, which gave us an alarm, but we didn't make any noises. We dropped down and we noticed that it was not a tree, sir, but a giant four-legged animal with white, white, crisp as snow fur. And this gentle animal walked towards us. And it would have made it all the way out into the clearing. But one of my cousins was in such a fright for seeing such a giant, magnificent animal that he dropped one of his axes. And as it fell through the canopy of the junipers, it hit every branch on the way to the ground. This giant stag turned, looked at us, snorted three times and in that second he was gone we didn't even see him run off he was just faded back into the canopy it was amazing sir a thing i've never seen before and i probably will never see for many generations but as my honor that is the truth so when Chip wraps up this story, like the whole bar is just like gone quiet. We're all just like sitting there listening. And uh, Captain Solari sort of like rubs at the back of his neck like he's got, you know, goosebumps going down <laughs> the back of his neck. And he says, All right. Do you any of you sorry louts think you can beat that? And uh, there's one drunken looking guy who stands up kind of swaggery he starts to put his hand in the air and his buddy like reaches up and just like pulls his hand <laughs> <laughs> well then I think we have a winner the scarlet Keelan is yours my friend 
And there's some cheers and also some oh groans coming from the crowd. <laughs> well, I'm just going to give him a big pat on the back. And he's like, I told you you could do it. And also wiping tears from his eyes. Bravo. I think we should let Tulin inspect the ship. Tulin had an idea as uh, as Chip got into his story. And he... Uh, he appropriated one of the torches from the wall and uh, pulled out some equipment from his pack and a gold piece and started to fashion a ring, a gold ring, out of the gold piece for Captain Solari to give to his, to the love of his life. And so he's making it as, as intricate and beautiful as possible. It's got some some wood elves on it and some sky ships on it and you know he is trying to make this as as beautiful as he can in the short time that he has uh and then when captain solari announces chip as the winner he uh he approaches the captain and bows and says since you have given us such a valuable thing to start our new lives, please allow me to give you this to start your new life with. And hands him the ring. Let's see. Um, Tulin, go ahead and give me a... What is it? Blacksmithing? Or crafting? Uh, What's the name of the skill now? I'm trying to remember. Uh, let's see. I have armory, engineer, explosives, lockpicking, scrounging, traps, gunnery. Yeah, I did not see a jeweler skill, but let's do. Uh, let's do. Let's do the armor. That's for making like weapons and armor and stuff. That that should work here. To do, but since you're working with kind of an improvised medium here, just the torch off of the wall. Um, let's roll this at. A penalty of. Let's see, we're trying to do a gold coin with it. Let's roll it at a penalty of two. Okay, uh, so that would make my level eleven, and I rolled an eight. Okay, so you have managed to whip up a pretty impressive-looking ring here in this short amount of time, and uh, Captain Solari takes the ring in his hand, looks down at it, and like you guys can tell that he's like deeply touched by this <laughs> gesture. He uh, closes his hands around it, and he says, oh, No, that's what I call a classy set of winners right there. Thank you so much, me friend. I'm glad I didn't have me blokes throw you out of the bar now. And speaking of me blokes, follow him down to the docks. And they'll take you to your new vessel. Also, Captain, I do have a quick question. Why is the name of your ship the Red Keelan? Ah, that's an excellent question. Well, you see, many, many years ago, when the High King who sits on his throne now was just a wee one, and he was getting ready to ascend to his throne, I was pirating outside the Isle of High Perch, where the capital of the Aurai Nation lies. And I was sailing in the dead of night. 
and I looked out the side of me ship, and I saw, well, I saw a strange creature, something I had never seen before. Why, it looked a bit like a horse, and it looked a bit like a reptile, and it looked a bit like a bird, for it had great wings coming out of it, and it had a mighty horn coming out of its forehead. And I saw this thing, and, well, a strange sense of peace came over me. And I said, Hardies, light that creature in the sky there. And we lit our torches, and we held him out, and we saw it was bright red scales on the creature. And I found out many years later that it was called Achillen. Now, the man who told me about it said it was ridiculous to say that it was red. He thought, just because my, my outfit was red, that I must just like red and wanted it to be red, but I swear it was red. Well, I can see why you wanted somebody to tell you a story for it. Hey, yes, and she has many a good story, and I hope many a good story more. Well, thank you. Um, lads, lead the way. <laughs> so, uh, Captain Solare's crew there, they lead you down to uh, one of the piers at the docks where the Scarlet Keelan is docked in port. And right now its flight bladder is deflated, like the mechanics are not running or anything. But it's there, and it's a... It's a decently sized ship. It's probably, comparing it to a sailing ship, I'd say it's probably about the size of a smaller two-masted uh, sailing ship. So not huge, but, you know, not very small either. And they uh, they take you on board, and the Scarlet Keelan, as you might have guessed, has quite a bit of red coloring along its sides. And uh, various places throughout the ship you see like different um, murals and things that have been painted across the inside of the ship that are depicting Captain Solari and his crew's various adventures. And so you see different, uh, different things painted across, but there's definitely empty spaces that have been left on the walls. It seems very intentional-like, you know, that they wanted to make sure they still had room for new adventures to be added to the walls. Well... I don't know if this belongs in a museum or in the sky, but it's interesting. I think it will do absolutely fine. Especially considering how we don't have another ship right now. But <laughs> if it's if it's been able to do pirating for all these many years, I'm sure it'll it'll get us to where we need to go. Uh Chip, you've you've spent an awful lot of time on ships. What's what's your uh judgment here? Well, her hull is true. She seems like a good, solid vessel, and she was built back in the day when people cared about craftsmanship. I think we'll be okay. I have to concur. The bones of this ship are fantastic. She just needs a little spit and polish. I certainly hope it, nobody is spitting on the ship. It's not very polite. So how... How long is this, uh, has this gone along? What time is it now, do you think, Aaron? So I would say that, um, 
Night is probably following now. There were, there would have been some other stories in between the ones that you guys told at this uh, auction and so forth. So it's, it's getting on into like it's not completely dark yet, but it's definitely getting on into evening now. Okay. Well, fast is going to light. She's clapping her hands and she looks at everyone and she goes, "Well, what a productive day today. Good job, everyone." Bravo on a job well done. I would like to set off in the morning. So if you have any supplies that you would like to gather, if you have any one you would like to say goodbye to, um, please feel free to go and do that. Um, yes, very good job today. I'll I'll go touch base with the hearth fleet and uh, get us our crew here. Wonderful. Well, thank you all so very much for your hard work. If you need me for anything, you will be able to find me. Tulin Wilhelm, I hope you remember where my brother Julianus lives. Vagnera, why don't you go with either Chip and Tulin or Wilhelm and ensure that if they need anything that they have it. No, of course, Miss Fausta. 